the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if you can't beat him, run away. That seems to be the Democrat strategy down there in Texas, as I'm sure you've heard. Two plane loads of Democrats uh, from the state house there uh, chartered two flights out of uh, Austin yesterday, went to D.C. They're doing it so that there can be no quorum and no vote on election reform. They hate the idea of voter ID, and of course they are uh, declaring that every reform is a way of restricting people from voting, especially uh, <clears throat> people of color. That's what they have to focus on. The governor of Texas, uh, Greg, I guess it was uh, Kamala Harris, said they don't have um, Kinko's or a Xerox machine. Anyway, the, uh, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has said that he will arrest them when they come back to Texas. I guess he can do that. There are 26 days left in this session. And the question is, can the Democrats hide out in D.C. for that long? And what are the Republicans going to do about it? Republicans in Texas and, I guess, Republicans in D.C. After the break, we're going to talk to our unofficial Texas correspondent, Matt McCoviak, to find out exactly uh, what's going on down there and what we should be expecting. Meanwhile, uh, a little further south down there in Cuba... They're cracking down on the demonstrators there, as you would expect. We don't know what's going to happen to the people who have been arrested. There are reports that they've been beaten and even killed. Uh, or, or then again, maybe we do know what's going to happen to them, and that is what's going to happen to them. Beaten, killed, put in jail, never seen again. But anyway, in our second half hour today, we're going to talk to the founder of Inspire America, Inspire Democracy in Cuba. In case you've missed it, a congressman from Florida introduced a resolution today calling for support for the demonstrators in Cuba. Not one Democrat signed on to it. I'm, you know, I don't know the details of that. I just saw the story a little bit ago, but that was the headline. Not one Democrat has signed it. We'll see where, uh, what's going on with that. But anyway, what does it mean, aside from the fact that the Democrats seem to love socialism and communism? Um, what should the United States do about it? How much help should the resistance down there get, and would it do any good? It would seem to me, anyway, that Raul Castro, who's 91, and I don't know how much uh, involved involvement he has down there. I don't know if anybody does. He's probably not calling the shots. They have a president. But anyway, I, I think Raul has earned the Benito Mussolini treatment. And if you don't know what happened to Benito, look it up. We'll talk about Texas and Cuba when we come back. Stick around. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. 
Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. We call him Willy Wonka. He's a chocolate lab. His belly itched and he would actually lay in the grass and scoot across it to scratch. And Sheba, his sister, she scratched her ears real bad and she shook her head so much. She wound up with cauliflower ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. When we uh, first got the Dynavite, they cleaned the bowls up real good. Her ears, they're a whole lot better. Wonka, his belly, it's all really cleaned up. He uh, flops over and lays on his back and just kicks his legs, and I call it his happy dance. They look good and even smell good in between baths. You should give your dogs Dynavite before something happens. And that's kind of like preventative maintenance. Dynavite for life. It makes them healthier and happier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. And your dogs will love it just like mine do. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 8384, Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwolf Show on AM 1250, The Answer. There are thousands of people in Cuba who would like to make their country more like the United States. Uh, and there are lots of people in the United States, especially Democrats, who would like to make the United States more like Cuba. Uh, Meanwhile, Democrats in the Texas State House uh, decided to go on a field trip to Washington, D.C. instead of doing their jobs. Uh, Matt Makowiak is the chairman of the Republican Party in Travis County, Texas. He's a columnist, blogger, and commentator, and he's been kind of our unofficial Texas correspondent. He has Pittsburgh ties, and he joins us now. Matt, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Great to be with you again. What's going on down there, Matt? Well, we've got, I don't know, 50 or 60 Democrats who've absconded and left the state and, and are up, uh, you know, sweating it out in humid, horrendous D.C. with um, with cold Miller light on a private plane in a hotel for as long as they want to prevent an election integrity bill that will protect the ability of legal votes to be cast and make it impossible for illegal votes to be cast. You know, it's 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 interesting that they're doing this. Um, this is a hollow bluff if you understand our system. Um, you can call special sessions; only the governor can call them. They can only last thirty days. We're at day, you know, seven or whatever. I think today's actually day seven. Um, so they're they're going to probably blow up this one, and then he'll call another. He's already said he's going to call as many as it takes. He'll go all the way to next year. He'll just call one after another. And they really can't go that much longer because every staffer at the Capitol and every member of the Capitol their entire ability to get paid runs out August 31st because the governor vetoed the legislative appropriations bill. So unless they want their own staffs not get paid, they're going to have to fold between now and August 31st. And then on top of that, redistricting has to happen. They're going to have a special session just on redistricting, uh, probably in October. So this is, this is days or weeks. It's not going to be months. They're going to run out of money. They're going to get tired of being away from their families. The question is, did they gain any leverage? And I think the way they went about this, flying on a private plane, taking selfies, raising money, doing MSNBC hits, 
it's not how you show that you're fighting. It's how you show that you're, you're, you're performing. And that's why no one's taking this seriously. Yeah, the pictures, uh, I think most people have seen them. Uh, they're on a plane. Uh, char- looks like It's obviously a chartered flight. Uh, there's a case of uh, Miller Lite to be seen there. It's uh, somebody's, uh, in front of somebody's uh, feet. And it looks like, like 98% women. I don't know. Maybe they had one women's plane and one men's plane. I don't know. But uh, what's up with that group? I mean, who, what's the makeup of that group? Yeah, so it's House members because we have a quorum requirement in the House that you have to have two-thirds of the House president to hold a vote. And so we obviously have a majority that's Republican, but we don't have a two-thirds majority. And so that, that, that group is at least 51 House Democrats. It includes the, the top House Democrat, Chris Turner, who's kind of the ringleader of this thing. But you're right. There are an awful lot of women that are part of this. Um, I don't necessarily know why, uh, but you're right. The photo did look very female-dominant. Uh, but you know, there, they, look, this is a, this is performance theater. I don't think it's really uh, intended to uh, achieve an outcome. You know, they, to the extent there's any strategy at all, what they're trying to do is pressure Congress to pass HR one, the, the voting rights act, which is, you know, federalizing elections and federal and allowing, you know, ballot harvesting and, and unlimited, uh, mail ballots being sent out and you name it, the list goes on and on. I mean, it would really be the end of free and fair elections in our country if that would happen. Thankfully, Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, and, and uh, Kristen Sinema, Democrat of Arizona, have been resistant to that bill so far. It's already passed the House. So they're, they're, hope, they're, they're, they're hoping they can get the feds to protect uh, the Democratic Party in Texas from the legislative majority. That All they want to do is outlaw the emergency provisions that were tried, uh, attempted in Houston where they tried to mail out uh, uh, mail, uh, unsolicited mail ballot applications, tried to allow ballot harvesting, you know, uh, tried to extend early voting. Beyond. You know, all these things are illegal. County officials don't have the ability to change state law. If that was true, we'd have 254 different elections in each county in Texas, and that's not how it works. Yeah, and I, I heard something on my way in here today, I don't know where it was, um, that there was 24-hour drive-in voting or something. Uh, in, was it in Houston? For the in Houston, they, they were able to make that happen. They opened up a vote center. They did 24-hour voting. You know, that obviously makes it hard for the election workers, you know, who already are working 12-hour shifts, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. It makes it hard to keep those locations secure and safe and clean. Um, and, and, of course, with drive-through voting, which may sound very appealing, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't protect the sanctity and the secrecy of the ballot box. Um, and, and even then you have, the issue, you have issues of sort of, um, custodian, you know, custodian, the custodian nature, uh, nature of the records, you know, who is, you know, is the machine going all the way back in? Look, when you go vote and you, you put your vote right in, no one else saw it. No one else touched it. It is, it, it is secured. The more people you have involved, the more steps, the more distance, the more, uh, variables you're putting into that mix. Yeah. Um, but, uh, do the Democrats who took the plane ride, do they want to continue 24 hour voting? I mean, if that's, oh sure, they do. Yeah, they want to put. Yeah, they want to put in place everything that they thought delivered the election for Biden in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. You know, every state was a little bit different, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania officials violated the Commonwealth Constitution by extending early voting. Um, in other states, you know, they used all kinds of emergency provisions. Uh, in Texas, you had one official try to do that in a number of different ways. Four months before the election, they took a fundraising official on the Democratic Party who'd never worked in an election office before, installed him as the county clerk in the largest county in Texas, Harris County, where Houston is. And he tried to do all those things. And only because our Attorney General, Ken Paxton, was 13 for 13 on lawsuits, were they able to prevent uh, state election law from being violated any number of different ways. That is why Texas was as strong as it was, and that is a big part of why these states I mentioned were as weak as they were. But... uh, um they they say with a straight face the Democrats that they want to keep like uh, every one of those uh, um, laws or or methods in place that were that were used during the 2020 election, including 24 hour voting. They say that with a straight face that we need to keep doing that now. I know what they yeah. I mean they they, they believe anything that doesn't allow all those things is automatically racist and voter suppression. Of course, yeah. Now it's hard to make that argument because with the exception of drive-through voting and the one day where they had 24-hour voting, um, 
you know, we really didn't do most of those things in Texas. We didn't have ballot harvesting. We didn't have unsolicited mail ballots. The, the Harris County clerk, that fundraising, Democratic fundraising official, uh, tried to mail out a million uh, unsolicited mail ballot applications. Now, you can imagine how many of those went to people who are not lawful voters because the data is just simply not kept up the way that it, it needs to be. It's not cleaned up. You have people that move, people that die, uh, people that are cohabit- cohabitating, certainly during COVID. I mean, you name it. There's any number of potential uh, abuses that would be there. Um, but I think ultimately they want to allow county officials, particularly in urban counties, to use any emergency provision anytime they want. And this proposed bill uh, in the legislature in Texas would, would, would basically put that to an end. It would make clear you cannot use emergency provisions to do things that are in direct violation of state election law. And that, you know, that's a pretty simple idea. Look, if you don't like the way elections are conducted in your state or in your commonwealth, you have one option, change state law. And when you run for the Texas House, your job is in Austin. It is not in Washington. If they want to stay in Washington, they should run for Congress. That's not what they're doing. They should be in Austin uh, voting, you know, offering amendments, working on the floor, trying to build bipartisan consensus, trying to affect legislation, you know, communicating with their constituents, not doing MSNBC hits, drinking no light in a hotel in Washington, D.C. How about trying to uh, get more Democrats elected? That would be a good idea. And then you wouldn't have this problem. Um, you know, that uh, the voters in Texas uh, are be, th- th- there's so much talk now about making sure that the the vote is uh, the voters are um, are honored with uh, their their wishes being uh, granted or at least uh, you know showing that the 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 people are respecting what happened in the election and Texas voted us uh, in a majority uh, Republicans into the House and that's how it works but uh, the, so they they can't handle it and then they're, they're probably no, we, big yeah, fans of getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah, keep in mind, we have a nine-seat majority in the Texas House of Republicans. We have 150 members in the House. Okay, the Democrats in Washington have a five-seat majority, and they have 435 members. Yeah. Okay, they're, you know, their, their majority is, well, let, me do the, let me do some quick math, you know, basically uh, one-quarter as large as our majority is. Yeah. And they've passed every little thing they want. They're, they're doing every, every single thing they want. And that's not happened here. You know, we do believe election integrity legislation is important. Texas is a Republican state. We haven't lost a statewide election as Republicans since 1994. Democrats just spent tens, if not more than $100 million, trying to turn the state blue. They failed massively. Trump won Texas by six. John Cornyn, our senator, won by nine. Uh, we didn't lose one state house seat net. We didn't lose, lose one congressional seat net. I mean, it was really an extraordinary election for Republicans in Texas. And elections should matter. And mm-hmm. these, these House members in Texas are pretending elections don't matter. They're pretending they have some righteous cause. When you are in the minority, um, you know, you have, to, you have to recognize that, and you have to work with the reality of being in the minority, and they're not doing that. They're, they're absconding. They're, they've escaped. They're evading their responsibilities and their jobs, and I don't think this is going to benefit them politically at all. We're talking to Matt Makoviak. He's a blogger, uh, also a columnist, and the uh, chairman of the Republican Party in Travis County, Texas, which is uh, where Austin is. So, um, Matt, um, th- here in Pennsylvania, right down the road, no, right down the road, but down the, at the other side of the state, you had uh, President Joe Biden showed up today. Yep. And about 50 he, people. Is yep. that, yeah, is that how many people showed up for the speech? I don't know. Uh, he says... He said, quote, we are facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole, since the Civil War. And he said, the the Confederates back then never breached the Capitol as insurrectionists did on January 6th. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. And the whole point of his speech was that he wants a, to, to uh, he wants to pass... A federal laws that just kind of take the state out of the whole thing. All the things that you yeah. just described that they do in Texas would be uh, Nancy Pelosi would decide what the people in Texas are going to do. Yeah, it's outrageous, right? I mean, our states have to be conducted at, at the state level. Every state's different. You know, Utah and Vermont don't need the same election laws. They're very different states. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's a power grab, you know, for the Democrats at the national level. It's scary. It should be scary. And I don't believe people in Pennsylvania want, uh, you know, D.C. to decide how their elections are held. Uh, I don't believe people in Pennsylvania want, you know, fracking to get shut down the way that the left left wing of the Democratic Party, you know, operates. Right. Um, you know, I don't I don't think uh, uh, people in Pennsylvania want, uh, you know, the United States to be to be more, you know, accommodating to China, which is, you know, killing our attempting to kill our manufacturing industry. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so I still don't understand why Joe Biden won Pennsylvania over Donald Trump. 
uh, in, in November 2020. But I do believe there's going to be a, a rude awakening uh, in your Commonwealth this next November. And I think Pennsylvania is going to swing back Republican before we know it. I really believe that. Yeah, um, but it's it's not just Pennsylvania. It's not just Texas. It's the, this the law that the the, the 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 Joe Biden is out there selling, uh, yeah. the one that Republicans prevented from happening. Uh, it would just make states irrelevant, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it federalizes elections. Um, you know, period. Full stop. I mean, basically, the federal government would run elections. I mean, who thinks that's a good idea? You know, what is, and what would that mean for the electoral college? Right. Uh, what would that mean for counties and, and, and states that run their own elections? I mean, states have, you know, secretaries of state or secretaries of the Commonwealth or election officials who run their states, who ensure that election law is passed by their states, by their legislators who are accountable to their voters. They have those officials there to ensure that elections are conducted the right way. Uh, I just can't, can't believe anyone would think federalizing elections would be a good idea. It's absolutely astounding. astounding. Well, those the people who are in charge uh, right now uh, in Washington, the Democrats, they they have gave up on the idea of the United States of America a long time ago. They hate the Electoral College. They want everything to be federal, and that's very Cuba-like. You know, I mean, Cuba is a small, a much smaller place, obviously, but uh, it's Soviet. It's it's the USSR. There's one size fits all. It doesn't work anywhere. Never has. No, it doesn't. And honestly, the the fifty states, you know, the, the way our way our country was set up with the U.S. Constitution, with the Bill of Rights, is is one of the you know great documents, the great approaches in the history of the world. It's why the United States has been the envy of the world to its entire existence. It doesn't mean we don't have problems. We do. We're a large we're a large country. We're growing very fast. We have all kinds of uh, unique challenges. But we're also a, a country that people are are, tra- are are willing to die trying to enter, legally or illegally. They are willing to to swim. Uh, you know, across from Cuba, they're willing to ride on top of trains through central Mexico. They're willing to put their children with coyotes and pay them, you know, whatever money they have in their savings account to come here. And honestly, John, I know you feel the same way because you're a, a true patriot, but I get really tired of people on the left trying to trying to tear down our country. Uh, this is a great country, uh, full of great people, full of tremendous promise. And, you know, our great, our goodness, people don't come here because of how good our federal government is. No one has ever said, I'm coming to the United States because I love your federal government. <laughs> right. Right? They've come here because it's a place of immense opportunity and personal freedom, uh, and where religious liberty is protected, where freedom of speech is protected, uh, where you can live a good life, you know, where the American dream is possible. And, and that, that is why people try to come here, and, 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 and we have to protect that. We have to fight for that because the left is trying to destroy that every day and every day. A Republican in Florida introduced a resolution in the House today uh, asking or that uh, the government, you know, support the, the protesters uh, in Cuba, and not one Democrat signed it. It's astounding. Yeah, that's astounding. Uh, and and you do, do you know why that is? It's because the, the left-wing ideology and communism are so similar that they cannot possibly criticize uh, the regime in Cuba and support the freedom-loving uh, patriots in that country who just want a, a Cuba Libre in their lifetime. Uh, you know, Cuba is going through a very, very tough time. Uh, tremendous, um, you know, in, in you know, uh, poor, poor, tremendously poor access to food, uh, tremendous uh, levels of starvation right now. You can imagine what's happening with COVID, given how how yeah. broken their healthcare system is. Um, and, you know, that that country is in is in is in dire straits, and that's why people are are rising up the way they are. It's impressive. Um, it's it's astonishing that you wouldn't have good and decent people in the Democratic Party at the national level want uh, a country like Cuba to be free. You have to, it, it makes you ask why that it makes you want to ask why that is. I got a little less than a minute left here with Matt Makoviak. Uh, Matt, the, the governor, Greg Abbott, has said he's going to arrest those people who took off in the airplanes uh, yesterday. Can he do that? He can't do it when they're outside the state because state law enforcement yeah. officials don't have jurisdiction uh, outside of Texas. But once they come back to Texas, which they will eventually, uh, they will be arrested, I believe, and they will be held in the House, and they will be made to vote until that special session ends. So this is going to end badly for them. I don't think they thought this through. Uh, they were thinking, you know, an hour or a day from now, not a week or a month or a year from now. This is going to end very badly. It's a hollow 
uh, a hollow bluff, and that's why the governor's uh, calling it out. Well, I hope it doesn't make me a bad person to be kind of rooting for that, but uh, I kind of am. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Hey, hey, Matt, I appreciate you coming on, as always, and this was a, one of those times when I'm really happy to have someone in Texas who can give us the, 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 um, the, the view from the ground. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Your humble Texas correspondent is signing off. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you very Take much. Care. Matt Makoviak, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The death toll has grown in the Miami area condominium building collapse. Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine Cava says another victim has been found bringing the death toll in Surfside to 95. She also updated other numbers. 238 people are now accounted for and 14 people potentially unaccounted for. And officials are keeping a record on any personal belongings that they have found. They are ensuring that all recovered personal property and family heirlooms are treated with the utmost respect. Each time crews find personal possessions, they take photos and log the location using GPS. They've made a grid of the pile knowing approximately where each family's condo unit should be. I'm Shelley Adler. The stocks remain lower now. The Dow is down 87 points. The Nasdaq off 38. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and to return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country to save. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills, those amazing gas grills that heat up to over 1,000 degrees in just three minutes to provide professional chef quality performance in your own backyard. Now, you won't find them in the big box stores. Solaire is sold only by the finest specialty retailers who recognize Solaire as the only real hot, fast grill. If you live in an area without a Solaire dealer, Solaire has the demo program where you can try a mini version of a full-size grill in your own backyard, grilling the foods you love. It's made with the same design, materials, components, and performance of the big Solaires, but in a size Solaire can easily ship to you. Try before you buy so you'll know firsthand why Solaire is the last grill you'll ever purchase. Learn more about the demo program and these fantastic USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. 
in traffic? We've got the answer. Damned up solid on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies up to William Penn Highway. It's a crash blocking the right lane. Your delay close to a half hour on the inbound side. Heavy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Solid outbound Parkway West from 19 to Carnegie. Outbound 51, a little congested Whitehead Street to Library Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see increasing clouds with a thunderstorm. It'll be humid tonight with a low of 68. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots and a high of 81. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, humid, the low 66. Thursday, partly sunny and humid, a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon will reach a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the crackdown has started in Cuba. That's what happens when people demonstrate against the communist government down there. It's been going on for over 60 years. How serious is this uprising and what should the United States do? Marcel Felipe is the founder of Inspire America Foundation, uh, inspiring democracy in Cuba. And he joins us now. Marcel, thanks for being here. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure always to be uh, speaking to the people of Pittsburgh. I went to Pitt Law. You did? So you guys have an ambassador here in Miami. Ah, okay. So how long ago? Now, I graduated in 1997 and moved back to Miami in 1999, in some of the best years of my life. Ah, that's uh, great. But frankly, I got to tell you, when I first uh, got there, I said, "What you know? what's a Cuban from Miami doing here? <laughs> and when I left, I was uh, quite sad to leave, and every time I've returned, it's, uh, it, it really has a special place in my heart because the people are irreplaceable. So they treated you well. We treated you well. They did. Good, good. They definitely did. Well, definitely I, I, I got to ask you, um, is this one uh, different uh, down there in Cuba? Or, you know, could this be the start of something big? Or is it going to be the same and, you know, just kind of fade away? This is it. Uh, the Cuban people have finally spoken. And it's interesting because I've, we've been predicting this uh, for about a year now. Um, there's a trifecta here in Latin America between Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba, the three um, socialist communist countries with a few others that are trying to mimic it that are on the borderline in South America. And the conventional wisdom is that Venezuela was always the weakest link and where the Trump administration tried to put a lot of the emphasis. Uh, The fact is Cuba is the head of the snake. Cuba is right now, and I predict it is the weakest of all the governments, the, the first one that will fall, and if Cuba falls, Venezuela and Nicaragua will soon go right after. And so uh, Cuba right now, the Cuban people have taken a definite step forward. They've made it very, very clear in no uncertain terms what their demands are. And unlike the first uh, tweet from the State Department, that's shameful tweet from the State Department, they are not asking for vaccines. They are not asking for medical aid. They're not asking for better economic management. Their cries are clear. They want freedom, and they want an end to the regime. They're not asking for the regime to reform itself or to treat them better or to respect their rights. They're just asking the regime to leave. I've watched dozens of videos now of the people on the streets that we get firsthand, not filtered through the media, and every single one, I want an end to the regime, which is why um, today uh, I hosted Governor Ron DeSantis, in a roundtable with all of the members of our community, a couple of members of Congress. And we made something very, very clear to anyone, any public servant that's going to be discussing this topic. Do not make the mistake that President Biden made. President Biden finally, on Monday, issued a statement of solidarity with the Cuban people. And that first part of the statement was perfectly welcome. But the second part contradicted it when he said that he demanded the Cuban government to do better for its people. And if we are going to support the people who are dying on the streets of Cuba, who are literally giving up everything they have and losing their fear to face a totalitarian machine, the least we could do if we're going to support them is ask for what they're asking, not ask for less. No one is asking for what the White House has. What the White House has done is sent a message to the Cuban government, and more importantly, to the Cuban military, that they could get their things in order if they put this this, this repression down, this uh, uprising down with repression, that they can live another day. 
Uh, right now, elected officials of every country, what they should be talking to is the Cuban people, and if anything, the Cuban military, with a very clear message. The people have taken their stance. Now it's up to the Cuban military to determine if they want to be the heroes of a new republic, as Yeltsin was in Russia, or the repressors of the fallen regime. Because I have to tell you uh, right now, there is no putting this back. It's now going on in three days. Uh, and then when you're talking about a totalitarian regime, not authoritarian, totalitarian regime, everything this, every time this happened in recent history in the Soviet Union, in Prague, in Hungary, in Poland, there was no putting it back. So if the Cuban military does not agree to lead the way, uh, they're going to be leading the path into a really bloody confrontation, one in which, unfortunately, even though it's the overwhelming majority of the Cuban people that want this change, and a lot of police officers are joining them, unfortunately, it's a disarmed population with no right to bear arms. And so it will get bloody, and it might get to the point where a, an, an international humanitarian intervention is, is called for. So we're trying to avoid that, and that squares solely on the Cuban military at this point. Yeah, I think people in the United States who don't like the Second Amendment uh, or don't think that uh, the Second Amendment is about uh, fighting against uh, tyranny by your government should take a look at Cuba. I thought about that the other day when I saw them demonstrating. Imagine if, um, I don't know what the population of Cuba is compared to the United States, but if you you know do the math and do the, mm -hmm. the, the same percentage of people in Cuba owned guns that own them in the United States, things would be a little different, wouldn't they? Well, Cuba did. Um, when Fidel Castro first came to power, uh, obviously since it was after a, a revolution, um, uh, weapons were uh, something that pretty much everyone had. And the first thing he did was, well, now that we've, we're creating a new society, we don't need any weapons. We need to stop the violence, the senseless violence. And he took out all, all the weapons. And at that point, there was no one that can do anything about it. Um, one of the things that, that, that he also did, um, he kept promising elections, and then he said, elecciones para que, the people have chosen. You know, people have already made the decision. And another similarity, uh, so there was no more need to election, but that was the, the, the last part. The other similarity of some of the things that we're seeing in America today is uh, he said, as far as culture and artists, uh, within the revolution, everything, outside the revolution, nothing and you're seeing the beginning of that here in the cancel culture that if you're not uh conforming to this particular set of beliefs we're canceling you now there's a huge difference there that was backed up by brute force here it is simply something that we as americans have to say well i'm not going to be buying anymore from that business i'm not going to be giving that business anymore of our money we have the ability to vote and we have the ability to vote with our wallets. And so do not uh, let yourselves, I have one message to the American people, listen, do not let yourselves um, be tricked essentially your freedom. Do not feel pressure out of social niceties to not speak your mind. Um, if you do so, you are digging your own grave. It is important you have a duty as a citizen to speak your mind no matter where you are, family setting or where it's in a business setting. If you don't, someone else will do it for you. So, uh, Marcel, wh why is this happening now? I mean, why a couple of days ago did it all of a sudden show up with people in the streets? I, I know the Democrats are trying to say it's about vaccines, and I don't think anybody with a brain believes that. But, but why now? Why, why, why uh, July mm -hmm. of 2021? Look, the, the Cuban people have been uh, starved, have been... Uh, oppressed for 62 years. Um, and, and when I say they've been starved, I mean, I literally mean that. One of the flip sides to the government providing everything is that you depend on the government for everything. So food has always been rationed in Cuba and has always been used as an instrument of control that complements uh, bullets and torture and, and then all of the other means at the disposal of a police state. Um, for the last year or so, which is why we've been predicting this for a year, for the last year or so, the government's economic situation, partly resulting from um, the sanctions of the prior administration, of the Trump administration, um, and, and in part resulting from the Cuban government's starvation of Venezuela, and, and perhaps 
to Pittsburgh listeners, I should give a little bit more context. Um, up to 1991, the Cuban government, as a, Cuba, as a communist uh, government, survived on subsidies from the Soviet Union. As a communist government, it did not produce anything of value. It did not have the ability to sustain itself. It depended on Soviet subsidies, billions of dollars of subsidies. After 1991, when it was left without those subsidies and it's the regime's own inability to produce because of the system that it has, it nearly collapsed. A 60-something-year-old Castro at that time purged the military, um, instituted crackdowns, and we saw some similar protests taking place because the Cuban government had lost its more basic form of control, which is the ability to provide for food and medicine, the basics. Um, and so we saw something very similar to this. And soon see for Cuban regime, it also did at that time, it was unleash a migration crisis because it's the way it's their escape valve. Get everyone, increase the repression at home, and then let everyone that wants to leave, leave, so that those troublesome um, folks that demand liberty can go to, to Florida and we don't have to deal with it. So that ended when Hugo Chavez in Venezuela came to power and that oil-rich country began uh, being the sugar daddy for the Cuban regime. Cuban regime provided intelligence and security, and Chavez provided the money. Because they also adopted a communist system, eventually that system ran out of money, out of all of the funding that they have. The Cuban government has now been in that dire strait. Again, the same position that it was in 1991 after the collapse of the Soviet Union. It's been in that state for about a year and a half. Right before COVID, it was already entering that state. After COVID, it's now gotten to the point where they can't even provide uh, things such as soap, uh, basic hygiene products, uh, or food. So they've lost the ability to control the population through food. They've lost the, uh, and they certainly have the ability to control it through repression. But something else has happened. You've had a proliferation of internet. They toyed around with the idea of providing really expensive and slow internet that they can uh, censor. Uh, what they didn't count on, uh, and that was a big gamble for them, they were the last country to accept full-fledged uh, Internet. But they thought they could control it. And what they found was the Cubans were smarter. They started using VPNs to get around the systems and to be able to communicate uh, without uh, censorship. Uh, and that's led to what's happened now. You've had this um, there for quite a while. Uh, it, it was going to reach a boiling point. It usually reaches a boiling point in the summer as there's no electricity, no air conditioning, uh, and people just get fed up. And as one of the uh, demonstrations said, they've taken everything away from us, including our fear. And, um, you know, if you look at Soviet Union and all these other totalitarian regimes, um, they all they all base their existence on one thing. And there's totalitarian governments. They control all means of information. Everybody believes that everything's hunky-dory, and no one dares to speak out and say, hey, what about this? But once you have a mass example, like we've seen in the last few days, where everybody sees that everyone has been thinking the same thing uh, and, and really very radically thinking the same thing, uh, just had not said it, well, now you realize that you're not alone. You're not the only one that was thinking it in secret. And you start speaking out. You start using that, um, that right that God gave you, um, and, and, and you use it. And once you do that, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. Well, so I think... It's not going to be tomorrow, but this is definitely the beginning of the end. Uh, we're talking to Marcel Felipe. I want to make sure I have the the, uh, the name of your organization. It's Inspire America Foundation? Correct. InspireAmerica.org, InspireDemocracy.org. Okay. Now, in your, in your earlier comments, uh, it sounded to me like you were saying that um, the, you're you're depending on the military to, to get this done. The Cuban military is going to – are you saying it's going to require a coup – uh, a military coup, and then that's what has to happen, and, and somebody has to drag Raul Castro out of wherever he is, and and uh, you know, o over, yep. uh, physically overthrow the government. There's a lot of ways that this can un unfold. Um, that would be the cleanest and the least amount of bloodshed, and it's up to the Cuban military <laughs> to make sure that that's the path that they take. They have an obligation to the country right now to make sure that that is the path that is taken. Um, this and get resolved by exiling thousands of Cubans to Florida. Um, it's going to get resolved by exiling a few elites that have taken control of the entire um, business of the Castro family, uh, the, the entire island, which is the business of the Castro family, and exiling them. 
So the Cuban military, as soon as they do that, the less bloodshed there will be. But make no mistake about it. If they don't, the Cuban people will continue to rise up. They're just going to have to kill them. And they're going to have to kill them until they realize that they don't have enough bullets to kill 11 million people. And we saw some encouraging signs on Sunday. A lot of police officers were taking off their uniform and joining the protesters. A lot of police officers were um, standing by, doing nothing. Um, and symbolically, their arms crossed and letting everyone do whatever they wanted to do. Um, you know, again, to put this in context, um, and this is a question that uh, an ill-intentioned reporter asked of Governor DeSantis today. Um, isn't this the same thing as what we were living here in, in Florida, in the United States, with Black Lives Matter? I'll tell you what the significant difference is. In a democracy, you have the ability, you have means and mechanisms by which you can raise your voice peacefully and effect change, and you have elections, ultimately, to make those changes if the people, if, you are, if, if your arguments are smart enough to convince the people. In Cuba, that doesn't exist. The, the government does not give the people any ability to protest peacefully or to change their government. And engage in this kind of, uh, of outward uh, protest is really something that would normally get you 20 years in prison. For police to stand idly by, it's just completely unseen. So what are we seeing? Uh, what, what are we not seeing right now, Marcel? We've seen videos of uh, the demonstrations, large crowds of people, but I only have a couple of minutes left here. But what, what are we not seeing that's going on in Cuba right now to the people who are demonstrating? One of the things that we're not seeing that is uh, quite interesting, um, uh, a couple of analysts have raised it, is the Army has not come out to, in, to participate in that repression. They sent the police when the police couldn't do the job because a lot of them were switching. They sent, um, you know, every repressive regime of this sort of backup army that's in charge of the repression. Uh, there's the, the Black Wasps and state security. Um, they've sent their, their Stasi out. Uh, but they have not yet sent the army. And we don't know if that's because the army refuses to participate, if they are still in disagreement on whether or not to participate, or, or they're simply fearing that that will provoke a reaction, uh, a stronger reaction from the United States, and they don't want to poke the bear. But uh, we'll see. That is interesting to watch. I heard, uh, and I have about a minute left, I heard someone say uh, uh, today mention um, airstrikes by the United States. And it was uh, I, I, that, that kind of surprised me that people are even saying something like that. But is that something that could happen? Uh, look, I don't think uh, that I think that we're there today. Uh, but as events unfold, we may we may need uh, an international inter, uh, intervention. And and the reason I say that, and I know it's not something that here in America we take lightly, is the people aren't going back home, and so unless military decides that they're not going to participate in that repression, um, this might develop into something far worse, especially um, if this uh, government, if this administration uh, puts a big boy pants on and says, we're not going to allow you to use an escape valve and send thousands of Cubans over to Florida to, to defuse the situation. So if all of that happens, you might things might get really ugly. And this is not uh, Syria. This is not uh, Iran. This is 90 miles from our shores. If a vacuum is created, Russia and China will gladly fill it. Yep. Hey, uh, Marcel, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on. You have our phone number. Anytime you want to call and uh, get something off your chest or say hello to your former classmates at Pitt, give me a call. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay, and that's Marcel Felipe, and it's uh, InspireAmerica.org, the Inspire America Foundation, and we'll be right back. Political correctness has perverted politeness and turned it into a weapon of censorship and intimidation, and we are perilously close to being permanently silenced. This is Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. For decades, the more we have fought against political correctness, the more ground we have lost to the bad guys. Today, you can no longer keep your social media account or your job and praise America's founding fathers, denounce critical race theory in classrooms, or suggest that there are only two biological sexes. How did we get to this point? In my new book, Speechless, I reveal the radical hundred-year history of political correctness. I diagnose how the left transformed our language through Marxist tactics 
And most importantly, show how we can beat the power-hungry language architects at their own game and win back the right to speak the truth. Senator Ted Cruz is calling it the most important book on free speech in decades. It's the new book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, by Michael Knowles. Order now from Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. I don't really have enough time to give this story justice, but I, I want you to just Google uh, the Federalist Facebook promotes videos transgender. There's a story here, the picture I'm looking at right now of a lovely couple, uh, Huna and uh, Patrona. One is a man who th- says he's a woman. The other is a woman <laughs> who says she's a man. They got married and they had a kid. And Facebook did a, a documentary, um, and it's and it's um, narrated by Courtney Cox of all people, and it and it's and it talks about uh, they are raising their child as non-binary. They refer to the child as they, not him, he, she, her. But the best part is, in the video, the male person who claims to be the mother. <laughs> but is actually the father, is trying to breastfeed the baby on his male chest. And he's kind of confused because it's not working. This is what, uh, down in Cuba, they're fighting for freedom. And you heard uh, Marcel describe what's going on there. This is what we're doing in America. We're, we are not only, we're promoting this, and we're telling people that if you think that there's something ridiculous about Ahanu and Patrona being married and having a kid. There is something wrong with you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.